Normally, we don't jump into politics on We Were Gamers, and so we're not going to here either. But we figured that it was important to take a quick second to tell people that it's important, no matter what you believe, no matter what side you fall on, to exercise your right to vote. So go vote. You have a chance to be heard. Go be heard. Be engaged. Apologies right up front, everybody, for the two podcasts this week. My microphone is screwed up and did not sound super great. Don't worry, it'll be back to normal next week with that sweet, sweet, crisp AT2020 audio. Hello, welcome to episode 231 of We Were Gamers, a podcast wherein we do the thing, I think, at the beginning to tell everyone that we could lose power at any moment. And therefore... Uh, reached this part of the season. The season is upon us for JJ to monologue. Well, hopefully not. I mean, you know, look, I can talk, but I shouldn't need to talk. <laughs> not, you know, not in that I have to be the whole podcast. I'm sure you all love me, but hopefully you want only me. Hello, JJ. How are you? I'm here. Michael's here, I think. Yeah. Dodging the smoke for now. Dodging the smoke for now. Yeah, so a little update on uh, Southern California, where we are all located. We have a lot of wind, which is, you probably hear my windows rattling at some point during this podcast. And also, we could lose power because of wind, which happened before the podcast. And also, there's a crazy amount of fire. Uh, we should probably say upfront thoughts to at least two firefighters that have been injured up here, trying to stave off a apocalyptically quick fire. I don't know if you remember uh, the town that got overrun a few years ago, JJ, but about the same speed was with the flames were moving this morning. It slowed yeah, down. It slowed down a bit, but it was. Uh, Santa Rosa, I think the area that got burned, right? We're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and, um, and Irvine has more people in it than Santa Rosa, from correct. my understanding. Yeah, JJ, uh, you probably had a little bit of wind. Although it's also a very big place, so I'm not too sure no, where the fire yeah. is in relation to the homes. Yeah. But well, Michael knows because it's right outside his door, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's just a few miles from here, burning somewhat that direction. Yeah, ish. So it's the fire is northeast of us and it's burning somewhat in a south direction. Yeah. Well, stay safe, everybody. And yeah, um, man, what a what a rough day all of a sudden, considering uh, we had a relatively pleasant weekend. I don't know what it is about 2020 to take good minutes and then make sure that you remember that they're fleeting um i guess it's a valuable lesson but it was very nice to see you all this weekend including spouses etc shout out yeah. to a friend of the pod matt for hosting a social distance camping trip wherein we did not light a fire a wood fire there although it wouldn't have mattered much considering we, we got rained on <laughs> yeah yeah, the skies opened up. Directly on us, by the way, because by the time I drove home, less than 10 minutes away, my home was dry. I, I mentioned to several different people that we had done a, a little camping thing and that it had poured on us. And the response that I got generally was, it rained. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, was, it certainly looked wet when we got home, but also by the time we got home, down here it was you know later in later. the morning yeah and it could have just been the dew but like it's certain there were certainly parts of our area that looked wet and we drove through some rain oh wow coming down south as well so the rain had moved somewhere i don't know yeah you know it rained on us as we were unpacking which meant uh 
for two days now, my tent has not been aired out because it rained when we got home. And then, like we said earlier, these like 60 mile an hour gusts of wind up here that are blowing literally. I have a trampoline in my yard that weighs enough that I have to have help moving it if I move it. And that has moved at least five feet in each direction today. Yikes. Yeah, I can hear it dragging around the yard. There's nothing I can do about it. I can put more sandbags on it, I guess. But, Yeah, yikes. we definitely let our... Uh, I had the, the tent sort of rolled up and put in the car, soaking wet. And then we, you know, had a blanket under it or whatever. And then we got home and we sort of threw it in a heap in the backyard. And we're like, it's too wet today. We can't do anything with this. <laughs> Tomorrow we'll layer it out. And then, so today... I opened it up and let it sit in the sun out here, and it was pretty dry by the time I went to go put it away uh, before dinner. Mr. Michael. Sir. How did you enjoy camping, which you haven't done much? Oh, I haven't been I haven't been camping in years. It was great. Yeah? It was great, yeah. So it was nice to finally... We bought... So our original intention was uh, we bought the a new tent on I think a good Black Friday deal last year with the plan that we would pick up some additional camping supplies from uh, my wife's mom's house um, and then the COVID happened and Ugh. there was no more traveling so that put the kibosh on that and so we we just had never actually gotten around to making plans to go camping for ourselves because it would require, you know, having to go out and buy the things that we were hoping to just, uh, acquire. Uh, and so it was good to have a, a reason to, you know, break out the tent and get ourselves some of the things that we needed to actually go camping. I think the best reason was for the food. I mean, <laughs> that's everyone, that's certainly good. everyone loves a good s'more. But yeah, so the, the reason that we were there was to celebrate a, a socially distanced Oktoberfest. It was awesome. I, I find in general camping food to be food that I like to make, even though a lot of the times it's simple or you make it out of cans or stuff like that. Like you, you either do a lot of prep work or you do a lot of simple cooking. But for some reason, making it in camping style, it tends to taste better. Also, you know, generally hiking and stuff doesn't hurt when you're camping to make you hungrier and then want to eat anything. But in this case, October festing makes you want to eat stuff. Uh, I don't know. I'm, it's a, just a general food minute for a second, but I was trying to think of ways that anything that we had done could be construed as a food crime, but I feel like we made good Oktoberfest plates. I don't Did know what a food crime when it comes to Oktoberfest would be. So I was just going to throw it out there. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we had pretzels, there was mustard available. People had, uh, you know, uh, tons of sausage and meat. There was beer of German varieties even. Yeah. Um, we ran out of that, which I was surprised me. I did not think it was going to happen at a certain point there. I mean, there was like five or six adults drinking it. Hey, we, you know. Yeah. Some more than others, I'll say. <laughs> yeah. It was a tame evening in general. Let's not imply it wasn't. No, no, no. But it, it, there certainly were some people who had like six and some who had <laughs> two. <laughs> I think you and I were the ones that had six because I know I drank three steins. I might have been one of the ones to have two. <laughs> I think it was, you know... It, it, all directions, I'll say. Well, Michael, Michael calibrated towards a later evening of having a lot of, of the higher percent beers instead of the earlier part of the evening. So when it came to the higher percent beers, I had very small pours at the end. Yes. Yeah. So I, I had brought some heavier stuff to enjoy sort of more after dinner. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. totally fine. I think the food crime with Oktoberfest food is not trying to pair your drinks. How's that? I don't want to say people should have to drink beer or Rattlers because alcohol is a choice. 
but I feel like Oktoberfest in general requires you should try to pair some sort of drink. Lemonade, whatever. How's that? Water in Oktoberfest I mean, food is a food is a food crime. I mean, <laughs> you know, let people have what they want. Yeah. It's not like we're in Germany. We, you know, whatever. There you go. I I did ha- I heard I overheard a food crime though. But uh, one thing that happens when camping, I don't know if you guys, this happens to you, but there tends to be, especially because of the social distance part of it, where we were all separated by at least six feet, sometimes more, depending on where you were in the circle. Mm -hmm. We kind of developed multiple conversations a lot of times where one person was talking about something with somebody else. You know, it became kind of easier to be splintered into different groups based on what you're talking about yeah yep i didn't hear the whole story all i heard michael was chocolate twizzlers yes we've had an argument on this podcast about what licorice is we have this would inspire me to reinstigate the the argument that twizzlers are not licorice well, I think that we can all probably agree that this particular variety is not licorice. Okay, so, so we were we were at the grocery store picking up supplies for said camping trip and were in the snacks aisle uh, where all the candy is and happened to see on the bottom shelf milk chocolate Twizzlers. That's worse that it's milk chocolate, right? It's worse. Yeah, it is. If it was dark chocolate, you could be like, oh, maybe it's Twizzlers. And I don't agree about Twizzlers, but maybe it's Twizzlers with dark chocolate drizzled over the top or something. Yeah, it's not chocolate on them. It's not chocolate in them. They are chocolate-flavored Twizzlers. Milk chocolate-flavored. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, neither of us thought that that sounded appetizing in the slightest. Does that mean they can, like, melt? I I don't know. Like, I don't know what the the ratio of chocolate to candy in them is. Um, Interestingly enough, I I did Google them later on, uh, trying to find out, you know, where else they were sold and what people thought about them. And the first place that I found them reviewed, they had... 50 something reviews so a fair number of people and had i think four and a half stars no yeah but i wonder if the people reviewing them are the people who were pretty positive that they were going to like them in the first place which is why they ordered them okay yeah i mean you can't trust amazon reviews we've come across some crazy ones yeah it wasn't amazon though it was somewhere else Oh, okay. Fair enough. But, uh, yeah. So, had no interest, but I guess if, if you're, you know, one of those 56 people who like chocolate Twizzlers, then uh, good <laughs> on you. I like that it's exactly 56 people. Speaking of 56 people, uh, how many people... I'm going to put you back on the spot, man. Okay. And it's about food. How many people were at Knott's? Because this makes me curious, hungry... And nervous, which is not a great combination. Uh, so knots once again. Um, this was this was the third time since the shut everything shut down that we have gone to knots for one of their limited ticket food festival events. Um, and once again, they did a really good job with the size of the crowd that they let in versus the amount of space that they had. Uh, for people to to distance in. Um, this time around, it was for their Halloween event, and it felt a little bit different because unlike the first two, this one was a lot more focused on on kids. Oh, really? They had opened up the so they opened up the Camp Snoopy area, and they allowed kids and adults, if they wanted to, to come in costume. And they had a uh, trick-or-treat trail set up through Camp Snoopy. So it was one way, um, and each of the stops had the, you know, the social distance, six feet lines marked out on the ground. Um, But they had taken a lot of the decorations 
from the maze that they do at Not Scary Farm. Right, which they're not going to be doing Not Scary Farm. Right, which they're not going to be doing. Right. And they repurposed them to decorate Camp Snoopy. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so it was really cool. And then they, they added a whole bunch of the, the regular Camp Snoopy, um, you know, Peanuts characters in costume to the, the Scary Farm decorations huh. to make it a little more appropriate for the little kids. Uh, and it was good. It was good. Um, but it meant, you know, as compared to the first two, which were just straight food festivals, that there were a lot more kids running around. Did it feel like they they weren't going to follow the rules, or were the parents kind of? Uh, uh, there were there were times here and there where you know it was just clusters of children kind of clogging the aisles and uh, running around being ch- running around being children, right? Children, um, uh, kids, <laughs> get off my lawn. <laughs> For the most part, it was good, uh, especially as it got towards. So we were there this time around. We actually stayed a little bit longer um, because we wanted to see how the decorations looked lit up at night. Oh, okay. So we were there till uh, about seven thirty, uh, almost closing. They close at eight. And as it got later and, you know, people started to take the kids home, it got to feel a little more empty. Nice. How was the food? Uh, really good. Um, theme? Anything? Or, no, it was it was just kind of fall. Oh. Um, so we had, what was, what was good that we had? Um, the butternut squash soup in a sourdough bread bowl was really good. Uh, we had burnt barbecue burnt ends over garlic mashed potatoes how were those because those can either be great or dry no they were very they were very good oh burnt ends are i mean yeah they sound great it's one of those like no they were did they they do them right yeah um what else uh sangria they had a pumpkin cider that was tasty pumpkin yeah uh, some they had uh, churros with candy corn sugar on them, which was mostly just sugar with uh, with orange and yellow crystals in addition to the white crystals. Themed funnel cakes. Yes, there was yes. a. We did we didn't try it, but there was a funnel cake that was it had um, crushed up Oreos and a scoop of chocolate ice cream, so it was kind of like a dirt cake. Funnel cake. I'd eat that. I'd be curious yeah, if it. it looked good. I'd be curious if you could make a funnel cake and then make a pumpkin cake with it. I don't know how that would be possible considering how that you make a funnel cake, but I'd be curious if you could make a pumpkin cake funnel cake. Like pumpkin shaped? Like a pumpkin pie. Oh. What? Hmm. I don't think that would be possible. But it has to be like cake because you couldn't do pie. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin pie is really a custard. Yeah, right, right. So I'm saying you can't you can't make a custard and a and a pie type thing with a funnel cake. There's like I can't think of a way you could do that. But I was thinking I was wondering if you could make like a pumpkin cake or pumpkin ice cream could do it. Yeah, you but like a pumpkin yeah, that would something with a with a funnel cake. To give you kind of like a pumpkin pie looking thing. Yeah. I wonder. I just, I like funnel cake, but I think my problem is that especially funnel cakes I've had at Knott's, they just like love powdered sugar and I do not. (laughs) You can give them no sugar on the menu. Yeah. You just ask for them to not put the sugar on it. Yeah. But you want some. You you want want some. some. Yeah. I just don't want all of the sugar, which is what they give you. If you don't choke at least once on inhaling the sugar, yeah, I don't inhaled at the wrong point, right? Then you haven't. If you don't, if you don't cough COVID and powdered sugar on the person next to you, you haven't been to knots. It's not. I don't want this. That's the theme. (laughs) That's the theme of eating a funnel cake to me. Because you never get them with the fruit all over them, right? The like syrupy fruit molasses with like one fake dehydrated strawberry in it, so that you feel like you're actually eating fruit, but you're really just eating syrup. 
No, yeah, but they're the, great with fresh fruit over top. Oh, I'm sure they're fantastic. Oh, yeah. If you if you did one and you just poured actual blueberries on top of it or boysenberries, uh, it yeah. would be great. Yeah, but then yeah, you get fresh those... strawberries and whipped cream. That's all I need. Sure. If I'm not getting powdered sugar, I mean, you could dump the powdered sugar then. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's in the whipped cream. <laughs> Depending on how you make it, obviously, but most people put the powdered sugar in the whipped cream. Uh, Speaking, yeah, it was the, oh. it was another good one. Um, we're hoping they do one more for Christmas. They will. Yeah, they have to. They've, they've all been so successful so far. I yeah, would, it would really surprise me if they decided to just skip Christmas. If I had to make you guess a food from Knotts, but the second one you're thinking, not the first one, what would it be? Fried chicken. Bingo. Yeah, say fried chicken. Yep, that's it. Hey, you want to do some emails? Oh. Yeah, let's uh let's hear from the people. Yeah. Greg wants to know what meal is fried chicken? Are we talking like breakfast, lunch, dinner here? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It's, that's the question. What meal is fried chicken? That's, that's the answer. That's the question. I think it's a profound question. Because if you're eating chicken and waffles, are you actually eating breakfast? Or are you just eating an early lunch? So I think I think you, you differentiate, right? If you're having fried chicken on its own, it is lunch or dinner. But I think chicken and waffles is a dish. Okay. And as a dish, it is it can be breakfast or brunch. I posit to you that it must be then brunch because I cannot eat a lunch after eating chicken and waffles. Okay. I I could eat it, though. Uh, I don't know that I'd necessarily define brunch by whether or not I have lunch after it. Really? You have brunch I, after lunch? Isn't that the point of brunch? You don't eat lunch? No, but no I, I mean, I mean more, more that I define, I define it with or without lunch. It's more based on the time of day, I guess. You could eat an early brunch and then have lunch at two o'clock. Right. Well, then when do you eat dinner? My windows are definitely rattling now. Oh man. Seven. I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? It's your, your dinner. You eat oh. it whenever you want. Eat yeah. it at 10. I don't care. I feel like if I eat brunch, I definitely don't call what I eat. In between lunch and, or between brunch and dinner, lunch because it's always some sort of like snack, but never brunch, but never lunch. Sure, and your your schedule is also compacted with having to feed little ones, right? So dinner oh, time yeah, for but, you, uh, dinner time for you is sometimes earlier than it would be for sure. Yeah, people without kids. Yeah, we eat around five thirty six. Right, so in that case, if you're eating if you're eating a heavy brunch at eleven, I could I could definitely see not wanting a meal in between to be a full meal. You just have a little something to tide you over. Here's my point: I could eat chicken and waffles for lunch, having had a breakfast, and I think that that's fine. Yeah, it, yeah. There you go. Hold well, on a second. Yeah. Give me I a think second. That's okay. Just give me a second. Hold on. I'm getting. like a huge amount of noise on my microphone from somewhere it's like reaching the 20 decibel mark it's really strange well, we can't hear it if that makes no sense. no i know it's not keying the mic but it's like on obs it's showing i'm getting a ton hold on let me mute Oh, it's still there. That's really weird. Um, remind me when we end that I need to do a room tone. Don't let me... So I'm going to have to cut whatever that is out. Very odd. I'm sorry to interrupt the discussion. Where were we at? It's okay. Uh, JJ was saying that he could have... Happily have chicken and waffles as his lunch after eating breakfast. Yeah, and I think that that's okay. You don't need to... like. Oh, it, oh absolutely. It certainly I, is a brunch or a breakfast food but oh, it doesn't need okay. to only be right no no i don't think for dinner no. too I think absolutely i wasn't gonna preclude that you couldn't eat it for lunch or dinner i absolutely think you could have chicken and waffles for dinner 
you could have chicken and waffles for lunch. This is specifically the dish chicken and waffles because Michael's answer to the first part of the question, which is what is fried chicken? And his answer was yes, is fine. And I agree. But I feel like the specific dish chicken and waffles, which is the one we're running into here, I don't qualify as breakfast. I would only say brunch, lunch, or dinner. I just don't think brunch is a separate thing at all. It's just breakfast or lunch. Either one can be served at a brunch. That's why I think brunch is the one that's the outlier here. You could certainly have chicken and waffles for oh, breakfast. I think we just have brunch a different definition exist. of brunch. You have a breakfast or lunch definition versus my... And I think Michael shares it, but he can qualify what he thinks. Uh, versus my, it's breakfast and lunch, and therefore I'm going to eat two meals at once. <laughs> I mean, you can eat as much as you want at a brunch, whether a single meal or double <laughs> meals worth is your choice. Chicken and waffles is almost a double meal. It is, a, just not almost, especially if you get a big piece. If they give you You're- like more than a single piece of fried chicken, it's going to be... <laughs> A lot of food. Do you ever look around the table when you get like Roscoe's and you're like, oh, you looked at the waiter wrong because we all of us got big pieces and then there's somebody <laughs> over there with the little thigh, you know? It's <laughs> funny. Okay. Uh, we'll go to the next one, which is also food. Things you can put in beer. Hi, guys. For food crimes. I think a lot of people put things in their beer. Do you agree people should put things in their beer? So are we talking like mixing other liquids into beer or slice of fruit into beer? I don't know. I picked short emails because I didn't want to read long emails. Okay. (laughs) So there's not a lot of context in the emails today. So, okay. Did they? All right. So I think... I think we can classify that into two kinds of things that Michael's talking about, right? Sure. Mixing other liquids in beer. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, a black and tan is two different right. beers. Uh, sake bomb, you put sake in a beer. Car bomb. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not really into the beer mixing with other alcohols thing, but I admit that it is a thing, and okay. whether I like it or not, it is something people do. What about Rattlers? Yeah, so that is a different one, though, because Rattlers are kind of brewed together at some level, right? Like, it's not like they just have a beer over here and they pour lemonade in it until it becomes a Rattler, right? Okay, but you could do that to make a Rattler. Certainly, certainly. Which is why I said I'm allowing you people to pour liquids into your beers. I'm not going to stop you. (laughs) I don't want it, but you can, right? I think you have to delineate putting things in, quote-unquote, as being us not the brewer, right? Because if you're talking about the brewer, well, there's people putting marshmallows in beer. Yeah, and so that's why like, I'm saying, and... yeah, th- this is a, you open a can or a bottle or some vessel, get beer from a tap or whatever, and then add something to that, whether it be another liquid, an alcohol, a slice of fruit, whatever. And I think the adding liquids is something I personally don't really ever want to do, mm-hmm. but it's certainly... Something I know that a lot of people do, do participate in. Just not me, really. Okay. I'm assuming Michael shares your opinion, so I'm going to ask him, what about solids? Like, sometimes people dip things like graham crackers in their beers, or, uh, I don't know. Other, I think like I think so, fruit is well, the other big one, right? Yeah, yeah. Fruit. So fruit is the other big one, and I'll 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 double back to yours too, Andy. Um, I think fruit originally started out as a way to sort of hide the taste of beer that didn't taste great on its own. Yep. And then and I think that some brewers took that idea and started brewing beer that would be enhanced by the taste of fruit, right? Uh-huh. So they took they took something that was an easy fix and then turned it into a way to actually take a good beer and bring out a certain flavor in it by adding fruit. And then I think, I think that evolved into like what you're talking about, Andy, with uh, specific, this, for the specific example of graham cracker, you brew a stout that has graham cracker in 
somewhere in the process. It was brewed with graham cracker. And you serve it with the graham cracker to enhance that specific flavor in the beer. And in that case, I'm fine with it. Yeah. yeah. I, I also know people that dip, dip stuff in their beer like graham cracker. Oh, you know, my neighbor um, puts Pocky in his beer. They do that at the brewery. Okay. He, he picked it up there. They put Black Tuesday, they put Pocky sticks in the beer and you let them soak. Sure, and for for a specific kind of beer, I can I can see that working. Uh, and I think JJ, you've done, uh, haven't you done Girl Scout cookie pairings? Yeah, and so that is not. Uh, so again, this is a case where I wasn't dipping the beer, or dipping the cookies in the beer. Right? It was a like take a sip of beer, take a bite of a cookie, sure, and then you know, complimentary pairing like a wine dinner or something. Right? That's what I was doing with that. And not to say that you couldn't dip the cookie in the beer. I'm certain there were people doing that. It's just, again, that's not me. I am not generally the person putting things, whether they're fruit or other food objects or other liquids, into the beer. I'm keeping it, the tastes separate. I'm definitely willing to give it a go for someone that has done it. I'm not going to do something crazy like crush up hot, flaming hot Cheetos into my Takata or something uh, yeah, like, like I, that. I don't. I don't want the, like, I, and in fact, I don't even buy the premise that, like, ah, this cheap beer is so much improved if you squeeze a lime into it. Well, but it's I'm like, okay with the idea mm-hmm. of a lime, because, like, good breweries make types of beer like that, where they'll even brew the lime into it because of the flavor profile of the lime. So, no, I don't think you should buy a cheap beer to put a lime in, but I definitely partake of buying a style of beer to put a lime in. So I'm not saying right again. That's my point. Is is more about the like not that you couldn't have lime flavor in beer and have it be good. I've had lime flavored Mexican lagers, for instance, that I liked quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, oh, and maybe those would be better with slices of lime in them. Again, I'm not the person doing that though. Uh, but I don't think that because it is very common for people to buy like certain beers, right, and go, oh, the thing you have to do is you have to put a lime in there, and that makes it good. It's like actually. You can just drink a different beer. <laughs> I like the taste of without the lime, and and then that's better, right? Right. So we are at a we are at a point in life where we can get a better beer and decide whether or not to put the fruit in it, and yeah. still enjoy it. And, and and you know, to your point, Michael, where you're talking about things that enhance the flavor, right? A lot of people like, um, for instance, like a slice of orange in a Hefeweizen, right? Oh yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I do too. And I think that that's totally fine. And if you like that, you should do it. It's extremely popular for a reason, right? Yeah. I quite like this Hefeweizen I can get in Huntington Beach. I really like it. It's, I buy it every time it's in stock because it only comes in like four times a year. I can get a six-pack of it. I like it enough to drink it straight for sure. But like, I definitely think with an orange or a lemon or something like that and some sort of citrus, it's really, really fantastic. And then some of them, they're like, oh, this one is a lemon. Like, you want to put a lemon in this one, and some you want to put an orange in, right? Just because yeah. the flavors are a little different, and that's the one that they, yeah. you know, they Tend- prefer. Yeah, tends to go with whatever hops they used. Right. Yeah. It's like the it's like the garnish on a, the fruit garnish on a cocktail, right? Not everyone likes it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's where I'm falling on this. And cool. I, I totally don't think it is a food crime to do this. Yeah. Although, like, there might be some combinations I would consider labeling a crime. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, I love an artichoke in my... Like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> no. Yeah. I, well, let's keep that email within the purview of, of the one line that it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I think we've run out of food items. So we still have a, a two emails here. Uh, this one, I, like I said, I picked short ones. Uh, this one says, Cobra Kai or Miyagi-Do, thanks for the suggestion. I'm halfway through season one. I love it. Uh, mm. That's an easy answer. You should never be Cobra Kai, right? I mean, I haven't seen the new show, so I don't know if it sheds new light on the the choice. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Stan. I think that's the proper use of Stan. I'm not a millennial yeah. enough to know. Uh, if, if you're a big fan of one, that's Miyagi-san for the for the nostalgia. Anyway, yeah. You guys haven't yeah. watched the show, but I thought I would answer the email anyway. I'll, I'll I'll throw some love to Pat Morita any day. Yeah, I, yeah, know, right? I was going to say, yeah, I, I'm I you know 
what I have seen of it, nothing would make me want to choose Cobra Kai. There you go. And plus, that that guy from Cobra Kai is on those uh, TV ads that I hate. So, <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong, William Zabka? You don't. Yeah. I found my inner Zen by uh-huh. paying less for car insurance or whatever the heck it is. <laughs> Get the hell out of here, old man. Finally, Zen by buying car insurance. What the hell? Last email that we'll do today. How do you pick tools? This is in relation to homeowners minute. Uh, I buy good ones now. That's how I pick tools. Yeah. I think the, uh, everyone has done the thing and Michael, correct me if, uh, this is not your experience, but you need to repair something and you're like, well, I can just go to Harbor Freight or wherever the like local tool store is and get a hammer for like 99 cents and do the thing that I need with this hammer. And then who cares what happens, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Everyone's been there. Mm-hmm. And then I'll tell you what happens to that hammer eventually, by the way, uh, you hulk it into a boomerang. It is not even eventually. It's like, you know, two projects later, the <laughs> hammerhead is falling off or whatever. Oh, I used this screwdriver four times, and now the entire blade has somehow twisted around. I think I think we got one of those as, like, a homeowner's home welcome present for our first house. Yeah. Uh, as, like, a, one of those Harbor Freight, like, these are all the tools you'll ever need as a homeowner. And I'm pretty sure, I know for a fact none of those tools exist anymore at all. And I'm pretty sure at some point most of those tools became pry bars for things because they had just been so heavily destroyed by doing basic home use projects. Not to derail you, keep going with what you were saying. You've done the Harbor Freight trip, and now? Yeah, and so now, you know, after you've done that a few times, you're like, okay, so this actually isn't cost effective. (laughs) Having to come here, like, every third project or whatever to buy more screwdrivers or whatever this is. And so, you know, you buy a, like, you know, relatively quality item. Uh, You know, for instance, I got sick of owning 70 screwdrivers of various widths and sizes or whatever. So I got a nice one with a changeable tip that was, you know, quality. And that has lasted me now many years at this point. So I think that's kind of the way. Um, If you're going to have to do a lot of different kinds of projects, you probably want to buy ones that are, you know, pretty nice at least. Michael, you probably have a different perspective on tool buying in general because you don't have current home projects to do that often. Sure, but, well, I I don't have the, the home projects to do, but I think my attitude towards tools is the same as my attitude towards uh, kitchen equipment. Oh, yeah, those are tools. Sure. Yeah, so they're, just, they're, they're tools in a different arena, and that is... Don't skimp unless you want to have to buy them again. Yeah, I learned that lesson with, I mean, we bought, before we uh, bought our current, I think I talked about our pans on here because of the drama of buying the pans. Yes. But like, you know, I bought three sets of nonstick pans before just being like, you know, I've spent the amount of money now on three sets of nonstick pans that I would have spent on buying stainless steel pans. So that's when we made the switch eventually of doing that. But I think another thing, JJ, specifically about screwdrivers, I own a interchangeable set and a varying width set because sometimes I feel like I'm going to snap the interchangeable sets on certain projects. Mm. Um, I, I get that. But that's specific. That's very specific to that tool. I mean, I also have one screwdriver for like, really big yeah well it's like i have a pipe wrench yeah exactly i have like a 12 inch pipe wrench that i've used for one project so far right that like in my current house i would use it on one exact thing which is opening up um clean outs for for pipes right yeah it's like if you think you are going to really need to torque something really hard yeah because this screw is stuck, or this pipe stuck, or this you know fitting right. is stuck, or whatever. Yep. Well, I've actually you want to have something now. of some amount of size. When I redid my uh, when I redid my plumbing for the my plumbing lines for the pool heater, I I used that tool. So so this leads to my only real philosophy, which is um, something that I used to do was get by. So you're like, 
I'm doing this project and it says I need these tools, but I don't have these tools and I don't want to buy that tool just to do this project. And so you get by by like propping something up or using a different tool or something else like that. And like if I had chosen when I needed to move a certain uh, clean out nut, if I had chosen to try and get by by hammering on a different wrench, I then wouldn't have had that wrench to properly do the plumbing on the gas line that I did later. So like sometimes making do by using the wrong tools bites you later because then you still haven't bought that tool and then you keep thinking the same thing. Well, I'll just get by this time. I'll just get by this time without having mm -hmm. buy, bought the tool. Also, if you have friends that buy quality tools, their, their tools are in good shape. So you can just go borrow them and not buy yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, I think the I think the real answer in in everything is finding someone who owns it already and using theirs. <laughs> yes, you know this was easy for me to do when I lived closer to my parents. Um, you know, they own I'm sure a whole bunch of tools that some of which are extremely old and work great. <laughs> yeah, so could, yeah, yeah, and that advice about buying the tool doesn't always apply. So like, if you need a jackhammer, maybe just rent it, even if you have to rent it multiple times. Because yeah, eventually you're not going to have a use for it. Right. Especially on stuff that is like really specialized. And like, how do you know what counts as really specialized? Like a jackhammer, you mm -hmm. know, or a like an earth, a rototiller, right? Yeah. Or you know, something like this where really the only thing you can do with it is, you know, the certain extremely specific class of projects. A pipe wrench has a bunch of utility that you might not think of, even if you think it's only good for this one pipe project. I'm always really happy when we do emails. It makes me feel good. <laughs> Those are fun. Thank you for it's sending nice emails. To something to respond to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, podcast at wewergamers.com is a place where we'll answer all your tool-related questions. We'll get uh, Tim the Tool Man to come in next time. <laughs> and uh, he'll growl at us or whatever he does these days. I don't know. And you know what else? Uh, side note to my current house project. Be kind to yourself when you make mistakes. Yeah, because they're going to happen. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. was distracted. Never do stuff distracted. That's the thing. Don't hurry. Because then you'll make a mistake and then you're going to spend two days fixing the mistake. Just don't. Just if you're going to be distracted, say I'll do it later. Even if you're in it. Feel like you're in a rush to get it done. And then don't assume you know how it's going to go because people will have done things ahead of you that aren't the same as they did somewhere else. And then you'll be uh, finding you need to go back for more parts. <laughs> That's the homeowner's minute done. Emails done. Homeowner's minute done. Musical minute? Yeah, so this is this is something that we don't touch on very often. Um, we do personally, I guess. Yeah, we, didn't yeah. we all go see Book of Mormon? Uh, you and I, I yep. think we're definitely. Yeah, no, yeah. I think I think we all I was went. there. Yeah, were you there I, that night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely went with uh, you and Katie, Andrew. I don't know if. Yeah, I think we all. I'm pretty. It was a little. Oh, that feels like literal. That was last two decades ago. It's been quite a while. I don't know if it's two decades, but it's been no, a long time. It can't time. have been that long. Ago. No, I just mean like it might have been two. So it's 2021 is a new decade, right? Depends on how you slice it. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, Book of Mormon is an old play at this point. Yeah, yeah. Book of Mormon. That's like the only thing I can think of that we would have directly. Anyway, I'm derailing you. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so I saw this. I saw this article a couple of days ago, and I I had to bring it up because uh, London's West End, which is their equivalent of Broadway, um, has a new show coming in 2021 that is Back to the Future, the musical. I don't know what to think about this. It's so it's being worked on by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. Okay, so they, 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 they do the original trilogy. Oh, there's there's the sigh. Yeah. 
I uh, don't know. I mean, so we had this discussion in this house. We had a discussion in this house where we went and saw the Aladdin musical. And I like a lot of that a lot. The genie in it is very good. Yes. Particularly because the genie plays a different genie than trying to do the movie genie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but a lot of that stuff that they add to make it musical length instead of movie length, like the stuff with Aladdin's mom and like the trio of buds he's got and all that kind of stuff. It didn't rub me wrong. It's what I didn't even think it was bad. Some of it was very funny, but eventually you just get to the point that's like, well, the movie was cleaner and like quicker and got to the point and this just feels bloated. And I know uh, when I read about it, Aladdin, cause I didn't want to make an uninformed. I wanted to be able to defend my position that I, I didn't think it was bad and I enjoyed watching it, but I didn't think it was like a thing that I would rave about really uh, personally that, you know, they, they brought everybody back to work on that, that had worked on the story and the music and everything else. Alan Menken and all that um, mm-hmm. to, and he used stuff he had, had planned to put into the original lad and then they cut out. So it's not like it's just stuff that was added to make it a musical or whatever, but the, but adding it back in, sometimes the stuff that hit the floor, hit the floor for a reason. And I think uh, Aladdin suffers from that a little bit. Not to make it a thing that I think people should be arguing with me that it's good. I, I don't disagree with you that it's enjoyable. <laughs> uh, so we're on, we're on. So I think Back to the Future, so, the original, I assume, is one of the great movies of that era. Yeah. It is very tight. Uh-huh. The story is extremely like followable from A to Z, right. you know, Marty and his dad and his parents, they're all losers. And then he goes back in time and he rescues him and he gives his dad confidence and they come back and it turns out his dad is great. And his life has changed and all around. Right. I'm concerned For- that we get either bloat or I don't know, but Michael, you're as a large proponent of musicals might have a different opinion of than concern. Yeah. I mean, it, it is some concern because this has, this has been a, a, growing trend in musicals in the last Mm -hmm. decade to take a movie and turn it into a musical. Um, And some of them have worked. I feel like a large number of them have not. Um, It's still on my list would rate higher than remaking the movie. Okay. Fair. I will definitely, sure. I will definitely say that, right? Okay, I would yeah. rather go see a musical adaptation of a movie that I thought was great rather than have someone be like, you know what? I want to remake the movie. I I could side with that opinion. Yeah, I because think you can I'm you okay can make it. I feel like you can make it your own thing, and at the end of the day, I'm I'm going to put it in a separate category. I think what we need to do is be braver about what movies we turn into musicals. So if we're hitting, you know, like the 80s, it should be like Terminator the musical. Sure. Interview with a vampire the musical. That you you could sell that one pretty easily, I think. I don't think that one's a stretch. Let's thought I'm so sad. I mean, I was going to throw it out there Bill and Ted the musical. Hey, yeah. You cut it right like yeah. I mean, certainly it could be done. You know, Bill and Ted has also, a very musical-oriented plot, so yeah, it, it would work. Cry, it almost cries out for it. It, it kind of does a little bit, yeah. But I think that's the reason why you shouldn't do it, right? Oh, okay. Okay. Because it's already close enough to a musical that, like, you just need, like, three musicians or whatever from the movie to come back and perform songs for the soundtrack or whatever that, like, why are you even doing this? <laughs> Where if you're going to do something, you know, really off the wall, like a Terminator... What does Terminator the musical Terminator sound like? Musical. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that is a challenge. Someone Just, is, someone could get art out of that. Right? Look, curtains up, curtains up on da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? I mean, JJ, they they made Spider-Man turn off the dark. 
I never saw that. Um, I know they did, right? Uh, was it liked? Um, I mean, it was fraught with problems even before it opened. Um, there was a lot of special effects in it, right? That was the... And, like, the wire work or something? Yeah. Hmm. Let's keep the Marvel stuff off the stage for a little bit longer, considering they're powering so much into this small screen and big screen. JJ, there was a Terminator, the musical. Oh, there we go. Are you Andy, kidding? you're a prophet. Are you kidding? No, it, it ran at a... I, I'm sorry to say that this was worth doing a little research for. But, I'm, I'm happy uh, to, that you did it, because... It ran for four weekends in... Ooh, that's a short run. Last year in Austin. Last year? Wait, yeah. hold on. Last year in Austin? Yeah. Okay. Well, it has a chance to... That like, doesn't popular. sound like it's a full... At what, like a community theater for South by Southwest? Because I don't know that I would count that. Uh, Andy, this is sometimes uh, stuff that see. happens. So, look. like, for instance, there are shows that have gone to Broadway that I saw at, like, the La Jolla Playhouse. At La Jolla, yeah. They opened as just, like, a small local performance and then got picked up by... La Jolla Playhouse is not really a small well, sure, local yeah, performance. Well, but, like, it is a, it is smaller than Broadway for sure, right? <laughs> If Jimmy Cameron didn't have There's any input money on there. this, then it's, then we're not we're not going there yet. But you know the uh, play, plays will sometimes open, and musicals I assume work the same way. Okay. At smaller local kinds of you know big for the city they're in, but small you know in comparison with you know, right. Broadway and major yeah, traveling ones. So Terminator the musical, send the tape to James. Our buddy James, and he'll look at it while he's on set for Avatar 19, and then I'm sure he'll send seven or eight years worth of notes, and then we'll see Terminator the Musical on Broadway 2028. I was going to say he'll see it on his set for Avatar 19 and probably forget about it, <laughs> uh, and then we'll never hear from it again. Uh, but yeah, that's cool. I don't know, weird that they did that, but sure, sure. You might as well think, go that way. Yeah, I think. I think you're right, Michael, that you'd, I'd rather watch that than a remake. I think if you're going to do it, you got to be ridiculous. And that's kind of that. I don't know. And I, I think you really, for some of the movies, like, you know, I oh, we don't need to only talk about the 80s here, but, oh, but for making it's a, ripe. a movie, it is ripe. It is it is the time, right? Yeah. I, the, I think making a movie into a musical you know, the idea of doing Back to the Future is so interesting because while there is like a famous music scene from that movie, kind of all of the rest of it really has nothing to do with music. <laughs> right? Like Yeah. So they're it, it sounds like they're pulling um the Johnny B. Good, obviously. Oh, that, that's a pivot. If they didn't have Johnny B. Good, I would walk out of the theater. <laughs> right. But they're also doing the power of love and back in time. It, which again, like you got to have power of love in there. Sure, yeah. I don't remember back in time, but so it's going to be sure more like a, a Huey Lewis hit. You know what it's going to be? They're going to model it on Greece. Yeah. You know what we need? We need the Great Escape, the musical. That's what we need. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I think. I think the important thing for these is really like whether the idea sounds good or not to us, you need to have a creative person in charge of it who wants to make it, right? I think it's everybody like, wants to make uh, What's that mean? I think, well, you're a person who's passionate about the idea as opposed to some guy just being like, here is a paycheck. Please make me a Terminator the musical, right? Like James Cameron comes up and hands you a, a sack of money and says, make me this play. You're going to be like, well, all right, <laughs> sure. Why not? Sure. But I want the guy who was like, I had this dream of making a ridiculous musical out of, you know, yeah, whatever. And then that's the one I want to see. Nice. All right. Uh, ostensibly, I think we're legally required to talk about gaming on this podcast at some point. Do we? Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, so we'll close it out with gaming. <laughs> Every single week we record this podcast, it seems like somehow, and I don't understand how, right after we record, 
there's more bad Blizzard news. I mean, how much badder can it get? Uh, so let's see. Between last week's recording and this week's recording, Blizzard announced they're going to lay off and close the entirety of their French branch. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Frost Giant Studios has announced they've been created by Tim Morton and Tim Campbell, for both former Blizzard people, and they are pulling over tons of RTS people from Blizzard. I just want to say they like specifically said we're making a new RTS game and then we're like, by the way, these two people were like very prominent creatives on StarCraft 2 at Blizzard. Yes, so. and uh, it sounds like a lot a lot of people are backing them, including a lot of employees coming over. Riot Games is throwing money at this project, so they're going to own some of that. So I don't know if it'll be released as Riot's RTS, but, you know. And, you know, hey, League of Legends is extremely popular. They're making a how, bajillion dollars, how, I'm oh, sure man. someone. How weird would it be if we get an RTS of League Extreme of Legends? RTS is a League of Legends RTS. Oh, no. Could be. I have been hearing rumors for a very long time from various, you know, websites and stuff and people talking on forums that they have been making a fighting game for like a really long time. So who knows? Yeah. It just would be weird. Like you get an RTS out of a MOBA when MOBAs came out of RTSs. Hmm. Right? I mean, that means the engine is already close, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Good point. Circle, Andy. Yeah. A time is a flat circle. You're right, Michael. <laughs> it is. Time is a flat circle. And then, uh, JJ, you picked up some news also. Dave Kozak from Hearthstone slash World of Warcraft is leaving Blizzard as well. Yeah. He, I just saw this, like, right before we started. I saw someone linked a tweet and was like, oh, you know, man, I, I'm going to miss this guy. Dave has been, uh, since Ben Brode left, Dave has kind of been the, like, old guard face of Hearthstone. Yeah. He's been in all, all of their videos, or not all, but, like, a lot of them. Um, he wasn't the, like, most communicative guy they had on the internet. Like, I think Dean Ayala, who now has also left, uh, oh, was, was their, like, face of, you know, Hearthstone R&D or whatever. Uh, but Dave was certainly the creative face, um, or... He seemed to be, right? Um, and he announced he's leaving Blizzard after 12 years as well. Did not say where he's going yet. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was the top tweet on his uh, his profile when I, I clicked on it. So so I am guessing that Blizzard uh, bonuses people in September at Q3. And uh, now everyone's done. Hmm. Certainly possible. Um pretty rough i think shadowlands is still right about to launch <laughs> so this is pretty bad press for them week in and week out and it's like they're not even doing anything i wonder if it's still fallout from the taiwan stuff i mean you see, it's rough for them because especially when you see stuff like frost giant here and those and some of the statements uh, they made when they created frost giant like our rp our rts experiences are dead at blizzard you know yeah, like it, and they they've specifically said like you know and um, Dreamhaven as well the two studios there oh and there's Sunsetting you know, Starcraft at Blizzard too right they they've said they're no longer publishing new content for Starcraft um, you know putting it in maintenance mode uh, they called it yeah um, but yeah you know it, it's like a it, it it has to be demoralizing to see all these companies being founded in Irvine so it's like not the none of the developers are leaving town. They're literally just walking to a building down the road or whatever. Well, yeah, you don't want to drive in 10 minutes. If you're brain draining, just make it easy for them to, you don't even have to move them then if you just put a building near them, you know? Yeah. So it must be really demoralizing for people in Blizzard still to be like, oh, these companies are just like taking all of our senior talent. I think Um, for a lot of the rank and file, it'll be demoralizing. I think for the the c-suite hey, I mean, of people that are are all activision people at this point they're just gonna this write it off you know as maybe the whole, like well they're not part of the corporate you know they don't believe in the corporate brand then fine get out or well maybe it's more like ah they cost a lot of money it's cheaper to replace them with new graduates and then save money right that's why you call it brain drain right so we'll see i'm you know 
hey, more studios making more different types of games, great. Uh, and it's not, to be fair, it's not like these studios are the only studios that exist in Irvine, right? Irvine has a ton of video game companies uh, yes. there. A lot, a lot of branches of other companies. Sega has huge lots there. Yeah, and, and so it's not like, you know, founding a video game company in Irvine is weird. There are tons. But it is weird that they're the like... talent is. Specifically saying, we're going to do the thing that Blizzard won't do. Come see us, Blizzard developers. <laughs> and yeah. Then they're like, ah, our first two hires are two prominent Blizzard developers. We're going to make that game that they wanted to make. Right? So, you know, hey, hopefully the games are good. That's, I think, you know, what we can hope for and that, you know, people get paid to do things they like. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Hopefully. I will, miss, I will miss that guy. He has been extremely funny uh, <laughs> and nice the one time I met him in real life. Oh, good. Well, we. I mean, maybe there's a chance we could meet or speak with them again. We work in this industry nominally. <laughs> in theory. <laughs> I said nominally. You didn't have to say in theory. If you want to hear about uh, squadrons, check out Friday's episode of Carbon Scoring, where Kit and Ken uh, give a good rundown of what the gameplay is like in Star Wars, EA's Star Wars Squadrons, the multiplayer-focused TIE Fighter-esque, X-Wing TIE Fighter-esque game. There's no third-person view in that game at all. FYI. I, hmm. I am a fan of those old TIE Fighter X-Wing games. So if you want to hear about that type of gameplay, go hit that podcast up on Friday. Good luck to the Dodgers tomorrow, Michael, for your house. Yeah, they're, uh, they are one win away from a World Series. I, uh, As we are the Southern California podcast, understand our bias, please, listeners. Well, hold on. I, as a crosstown enjoyment of a crosstown rival of the Dodgers, would love to see you race. sweat. At least one more game. But as as your friend, I would like it if you were happy and therefore they win. But you got to root for the Rays as well a little bit. If you're just a baseball fan, as some of us are, for them playing good baseball, and uh, and they've never won a World Series. You, you can't argue that the last game was not good baseball. There was exciting stuff happening in that game. Not Almost throughout all of the all of the World yeah. Series games so far have been good baseball. Even if they didn't feel close, they were like, yeah. A, a man tried to steal home in the World Series. That should be <laughs> encouraged. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't care. I was reading about that earlier today. The last time someone successfully stole home outright, so not as part of a double steal. In a World Series of, or just in general? Yeah, in, a, in a World Series. Okay. The last time someone stole home outright was Jackie Robinson in 55. You so know what? Bad. I'm glad that record still stands. <laughs> I, it's, it's a great record. But how cool would it have been if we got to see a guy steal home? And That's he was, so cool. He was awfully close too. They they just got him. Yeah. And you know it went to you know and talk, say what you want about replay and all that stuff, of course. But like I think the there have been exciting plays in all of these games, and the pitching has been good on both sides. Games have even if they weren't close, like you say, have been fun to watch. So I I hope that they continue to be fun and good baseball. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I like about it. A lot, yeah. And that's why I wanted to go two more games because it's been it's been the first time this year I've enjoyed baseball. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will I, I will agree with you there, Andrew. I think uh, I have not been terribly excited by the playoffs thus far, yeah. just because it's like been okay, whatever. Yeah, it's like baseball's happening, yay. Oh, um, and the regular yeah. season was a travesty for the Angels. So. Oh, well, it was a travesty for a lot of reasons, not yeah. just the Angels. Um, you know, I was excited that San Diego did as well as they did, considering there have been garbage historically for a extremely long time. Um, so I was glad to oh, see yeah, that other California do anything. Team. Hey, hey, yeah, they're terrible. I know it's fine. They're like uh, well, they're literally they the fifth, terrible this season. Though. Literally the fifth wheel of of California baseball. <laughs> you know, it's funny, and that they did better than your team. Yeah, and they did better sure. than the other two California teams that aren't the Dodgers. So sure, sure. You know, hey, just because our city is smaller than yours doesn't make it uh, less good. 
smaller in a scale. This the scale of smaller here that we're talking about is like my cruise ship's bigger than your cruise ship. Yeah, it's only the fourth (laughs) biggest city in California. You know, I used cruise ships because it's ironic and stupid. Baseball. Okay, podcast at wewergamers.com. What else yeah. do you want to put in your beer that's not Pocky? Or uh, what do you want Michael to eat when he goes to Knott's for Christmas? Or if you really actually have had those chocolate Twizzlers? Yeah, please let us know. I, I really desperately uh, want to know. We, wh- we couldn't yeah. say more about them because none of us have tried them. I don't I don't want to try them. So please. And no, neither do I. They sound email. awful. <laughs> about them. And we'll read your emails in batches like we do here. But keep them short because... I don't like reading the long ones and then being like, well, I spent eight minutes reading that and there wasn't a question. Andrew, sometimes the way you do that is by having other people read the emails. You just be like, you read yeah, this one and sure. then they read it. And then they're like, God damn it. It's a 10 minute novel. <laughs> um, but you can also send us short questions on social media at we were gamers on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Uh, definitely follow us on YouTube on there. It's extremely helpful to us. So, Check us out in all those places. Nice. All right. I'm never going to look for chocolate Twizzlers. I don't even care. I, I was not looking for them. I just happened to see them on the shelf. I am proud to say, as I was thinking about it, when he said that he saw it on the shelf, I thought about every store I go to for groceries, and I cannot physically picture in the store where I would find that. And I was kind of I mean, a little bit proud I mean, of I know. aisle is, has all the candy. I don't know I where a say, candy aisle where... is in a store anymore. Okay, well, nice for you, la-di-da. Uh, all the rest of us shop at normal supermarkets that have candy aisles, and you know where that is. No, but I, ever like, I would have there, to find it. Like, candy. If you told me to go Bro, find... there's only like 10 aisles in the supermarkets. What? You, what? You do live you in a tiny like city some, if you only got 10 aisles. Some cavernous place where the so Look, many aisles you can figure if you it said out. I really found a, if you said I found a milk chocolate ruffles... To go try, I could I can picture in my head in the Target, the Sprouts, and the Ralphs where the chip aisle is. I don't have to look at the signs. That's all I'm saying. I don't know where I would find a chocolate Twizzler in the store. Okay, all right. It's probably like just behind you while you're looking at the Ruffles. That's the thing. Oh, <laughs> that, that could be a thousand percent true. I'm not saying you're wrong. Actually, behind on the other side of the aisle from the ruffles is where I get the see, buddy, uh, the fruit, the fruit drinks. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, like the not like fruit. No, like the hundred percent juice, like Ocean Spray. Yeah, yeah. Or like where I actually buy my key lime for cocktail mixers. That type of stuff is on that same aisle, yeah. which makes no sense. It should be crackers and candy, and the juice should go over by the liquor. <laughs>